Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Recorded live.
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Donnie McClurkin, holy, holy, holy. It's another YouTube video. That one was posted in 2011, and um, he has an orchestra with him, and I'm telling you, it is just a beautiful video, beautiful song. 2,110,000 views. That is a whole lot of views. It's a blessing. It is a true blessing to me. Holy, holy, holy by Donnie McClurkin. Good evening, everyone. The the, the uh, recording has already started um, because I wanted to get that song on there prior to us going into Bible study just to kind of get your mindset, kind of get your focus where you can shake off the cares of this world and focus in on the Lord. Pigs in the Parlor, Practical Guide to Deliverance. A Pigs in the Parlor, Practical Guide, The Practical Guide to Deliverance by Frank and Ida Mae Hammond. And we're on Chapter 12, page 69 in this book. Um, no, we are not. I think we, well, let's look. 69 pages, 107, uh, 70, so that would be 140. So we're not quite... Um, we're not quite uh, to the halfway point, but we're almost there. Chapter 12, self-deliverance. Very, very powerful. Only a few pages, but um, I'm believing that when it comes to you being effective in ministry, you've definitely got to have a handle on the deliverance that's happening in your own life, how powerful God is to you. Uh, many times I believe that's what, excuse me, what hinders our testimony and what hinders our effectiveness is our own ability to recognize how God has delivered us. Chapter 12, Self-Deliverance. Now, um, just here recently, I've had this bout with my nose running, so I may have to take a few pauses to uh, clear myself up. So please bear with me. Let's pray. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we just bless your name. We honor you for being such an awesome God. We pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will move by your spirit in the midst of us and cause us, dear Lord, to walk according to your will and your way. We thank you, dear Lord, for the power that you have given us in your name. And we pray right now in the name of Jesus that you block out everything that would hinder us, O oh God. We pray, O oh God, that it is blocked out in the name of Jesus, and that we have the freedom in the Holy Ghost to move and to teach and to deliver a powerful word, that it might change lives, that it might transform lives, that we might be the people that you have called us to be. Thank you, dear Lord, for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for deliverance, and we pray right now in the name of Jesus that everyone on the call tonight would experience the power of your anointing, the power of of your life-changing blood. We plead the blood of Jesus over the lives of those who are on this call that they would be transformed and that the ministries that they are affiliated with 
will also be transformed. Use them to your glory. We pray right now in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Self-deliverance. Self-deliverance. says this is a question often asked of uh, the author, and can a person deliver himself of demons? And the answer was yes. And, and again, and, and particularly uh, the, the process, I, I love the Bible where it says, oh, taste and see, and it's very powerful when you pray the prayer and you recognize that there is a difference in my own life. Now, you can pray over other folks, and they come back and testify, and you really don't know. you you got to go on their testimony. But when it's in your own life, prayerfully you won't lie to yourself. If there's no one else around but you, prayerfully you'll be honest with yourself and say, wow, something powerfully just happened in my life. So watch this. It says not only can it be done, but uh, when they're free of the demons, until he is walking in this dimension of deliverance. Now, what has to happen is they have to not only be convicted that they cannot, <clears throat> sorry, really keep himself free of demons until they're walking in that deliverance. So what's got to happen is you have got to understand that in order to be totally free, and I've often talked about this, when it comes to you being effective in ministry, there you need to operate as a fine-tuned machine. When, you, when, I, when I think of a fine-tuned machine, fine-tuned machine, two things come to mind. One is a Timex, a Timex uh, watch, and that Timex watch, again, with it's sealed, in that casing, you've got every little intricate part. When you open the watch up, you see it's a, a whole lot of intricate parts, little cogs moving together, synchronized, and it has to be, and not even the smallest little speck can be in there because it can cause problems. The next thing I think about is a um, handmade Mercedes-Benz. Back in the day, don't know if they still do it, but they said uh, Mercedes-Benz were handmade. Very well-made German vehicle. Very, very powerful. And it's the, it's the power and the details in which these items were made, and, and then it has to stay in a condition where you're not letting contaminants in the watch, not letting contaminants get in that can that can hinder it. The same thing with the the, the uh, Mercedes Benz. When it's operating, it's supposed to be a very very rugged uh, car. However, you've got to maintain it. Once you maintain it, let me tell you something. It can go through. I'm talking hundreds of thousands of miles and still operate well. Uh, hold on just a second. Let me put you guys on mute. Uh, where are we? Mute. Amen. So we are we when when we um when you're operating in deliverance, you've got to remember that in your own mind, for one, that you can be delivered. Two, that when you're delivered. It is it's this season, it's this period, it's this time, okay, I'm delivered. However, you gotta understand that you're still gonna be under attack. You still when when one demon leaves, uh you dealt with one, 
if you recognize that there is more than one thing, <coughs> excuse me, more than one thing going on in my in my mind, there's more than one thing going on in my spirit, then you've still got to operate in this mindset of needing the deliverance and being honest with yourself where you are. Believers, that is the first step that when it comes to your deliverance, you, it, you've got to be a, uh, a believer. When you say believer, I think salvation, deliverance from sin, and its consequences. See, the, the, the faith in Jesus Christ, not only as Lord, but as master. Some folks believe him as Lord, but not as master. And when you walk, now, when I say Lord and master, yes, I got, when he's the Lord over my life, Thank God that he saved me, but when he's my master, now I'm following him. And when we start dealing with deliverance, it is not only getting delivered, but it's maintaining your deliverance. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. The same, excuse me, it says here, and that is, uh, hold on, here we go. He has the same authority as the believer that is moving in deliverance, this is the person himself, you've got the same authority as a person that's moving in the deliverance ministry. He has the authority, how? In the name of Jesus. It's in the name of Jesus. So in the name of Jesus, this is how you get delivered. Now, if it was, if it was to a point where I was really trying to make it as simplistic as possible, you've got to always be very, very honest with yourself. But the real deliverance is when you trust God, when you, when you can call on God and know without a shadow of a doubt, not only did he, does he hear me, he's got the power to deliver. So when it comes to you not only being able to affect change in someone else's life as the deliverance minister, but for you to be able to affect change in your own life, that builds your testimony. They overcame by the blood of the lamb and the what? The word of their testimony. So in, in the name of Jesus shall they cast out demons, Mark 16, 17. That's what it says. In the name of Jesus they shall cast out Demons. Now, when you're walking in your deliverance, you got to look at a couple of things. One, you want to, and this is what I was talking about earlier when it comes to maintaining. You got to do preventive maintenance. When I say preventive maintenance, this preventive maintenance, this is a treatment or design that's designed to stop something from occurring. That's preventive. Maintenance is the process of maintaining or preserving someone or something. So you've got to go through this preventive maintenance. Once you get delivered, it is not forever. And we've read that over and over again, and I think it's worthy, it's noteworthy of saying over and over again that a demon that, that, that has been uh, kicked out, guess what, can come back. And when he comes back, it's a worse situation. What do you want to do? You want to maintain preventive maintenance to make sure there's no room for them when he comes back. And how do you do it? You do it in the name of Jesus. In Acts chapter 4, verse number 12, it says, No other name under the heavens is given unto men, where which or whereby uh, which we must be saved. 
That's Acts chapter 4, verse number 12. So, again, it's the power. And once we read it, that's when you really begin. You read it, understand it, and it sinks into your core. There's a lot of things that we read and we just, mm, okay, I got the knowledge. I, I, I know the answer if somebody asks me. But the key is, do you really believe it? Do you believe that when I, this particular name right here, you can't get saved without it. Once you get saved, now you're operating in the power. I can access his name. Can't use his name if I don't know him. John 14 and 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So, again, it's always Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He is the way. He's the truth. He's the life. And when you want to get access to the power that he represents, the authority that he represents, you have got to operate in that knowledge. And that's how we access Father, who, again, heaven and earth was made by him. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. I'm going to give you all three, so in just in case you're writing them down, Acts chapter 4, verse 12, and John chapter 14, verse 6. The last one is going to be Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Demons are subject to that name. So when you look at the name and say, when we do it, we're going to do it in the name of Jesus. That's where the power is. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. That demons, listen, they're cast out in the name of Jesus. So there's a deliverance, and in the deliverance, there's a process. Deliverance is a process. Deliverance is a process. Some folk can't stick out the process. It's, it's taking more than, you know what, I figured it would happen overnight. It was a week gone by. You know, and at times you'll see that some folks, because they are not willing to admit that there is really a problem, they're not willing to receive the deliverance, guess what? It can be years. I told you. Excuse me. Okay. Deliverance is a process, and that process, watch this, a series of acts or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. This is the process. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get through this. That's what it, if it's a process, you've got to be willing to go through the process. Listen, I want to wax this car. If you're going to wax the car, you've got to go through the process. Get the bucket. Get the cleanse. Um, Get the cleansing solution. Get the wax. Get your uh, your your scrub brushes or your your rags. You got to get the water. Fill the water bucket up. Spray the car off. After you spray the car off, really really good, making sure all the loose dirt is gone. Then you're going to put some soap in your bucket. Fill your bucket up with water. Try not to make too many suds initially because if you fill your bucket up with suds, you're going to have suds all over the ground because you've got a bunch of suds and not a whole lot of water. Make sure that, that that hose is way down in the bucket so you're not creating too many suds. Suds help to clean the car when, when you get that, that foam going on. You don't want those all over the ground. Then after you spray the car, now you're going to scrub that car down. Scrub the car down. After you scrub it down, now you're going to have to spray it off because you got all those suds all over the car. What am I talking about? It's a process. Wipe it all off clean. Make sure you got all the dirt off. Now you're going to apply the wax. I don't know how you do it. 
Some folks squeeze the wax right on the car, rub it in that way. Some of them squeeze, squeeze it on the rag, rub it in that way. After you put the wax on and it's come to a haze, now what are you going to do? Now you're going to buff it off. You may buff it off with your hand, with a towel, your, 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 uh, a towel in your hand. You may buff it off with an electric buffer to get that real, real high shine to it. Wow. All of those steps just to wax the car? Yes. And that's the same. So it is in the natural. So it is in the spirit. There is some processes that you got to go through. And if you start skipping, see, now that's what the world is right now. We're skipping processes. You've got, you've got a, a spray. It's called a waterless car wash. And not only is it a waterless car wash, but you can actually spray it right on the dirt, wipe it off. Now, not thick, thick dirt but on just the regular little hazy dirt that gets on a car, spray it on, wipe it off, and it has a wax agent in it. So it puts a little shine on it. After it cleanses it, it puts a little shine on the car too. That's how we want to do deliverance. We don't want to go through the old school process and go through all those steps. We want something that's quick and easy. You better know that there's a process to this thing called deliverance, and you want to make sure that you take these steps so, for one, you can get delivered. Two, that your deliverance can be sure. And three, the process totally is you've got to make sure that you maintain, do that preventive maintenance and maintain your deliverance. It would be nice if a person could get all indwelling demons out of himself and then forget about it, forget about them for the rest of his life. That would be great. But... How many of us can keep ourselves completely free? Why? We got appetites for sin. We got appetites for things that are not holy. may not be considered sin, but guess what? It definitely ain't holy. So with those appetites, it's hard to maintain our freedom from sin. And the sin, you're going to find out, sin opens the door for demons to enter. Now, this is not to say that each time a person commits a sin, a demon enters, yet sin is a way by which the door is open, and sometimes it does not take much to open that door. So we've got to be very, very careful. Flip it over to page number 70. We've got to be very, very careful to have that discerning spirit, to have that discerning spirit so we'll know how to deal, and where did I do with that? Uh, I think I put it over here. Oh, I'll find it. We've got to have that discerning spirit to deal with, again, here it is, the, to, to be able to deal with, and many times we don't have it, to deal with these demons, to deal with our, our, with our, with our flesh, you've got to be able to know the ability to decide between truth and error. Many times that's difficult for folk because they, watch this, they've lied to themselves for so long, they truly begin to believe the lie. I don't need to be delivered. I don't have any issues. Everybody else got the issues. Or just believe that, yes, I need deliverance, however, my deliverance is always going to take a long time. I'm never going to get delivered. I'm always going to be in the process of being delivered. So I'm never going to truly be delivered. Folks believe that way. 
It's a work in, I'm a work in process, process a, a work in progress. Watch this. They say, you know what? Please be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. So this that discerning to be able to decide between, guess what? That's a lie. Don't lie to yourself. And then what is truth? And the truth is, you know what? I recognize. I say it over and over again. I recognize there's a little attitude in me. Mm, that's not God. It's not godly. Truth and error. And and when you talk about discerning, not just the ability to know. When it comes to just the ability to know what is going on, it's a biblical way of thinking. It's God's way of thinking in you. So you discern. I recognize, uh-uh, that ain't godly. That's When it really becomes discerning, not just the ability to say, oh, okay, that person is a liar. Yes, between truth and error, I can discern. Mm, truth and error, biblically, the standpoint of it being biblically, you can discern that. Biblically thinking is the process that you want to have, thank you, Jesus, as a filter. As biblically thinking is the filter that you want to have in, in order to really operate in the things of God. Now, most persons are prone to confuse demon activities in their lives as merely expressions of human personality. That's the way I am. I'm, some folks are sweet. Some folks are nasty. I just happen to be a nasty one. I just happen to be an angry one. It's just their personality. No, you got to recognize that if it don't line up with the word of God, I was made in the image of God. You got to be able to say that for yourself. I was made in the image of God. And since I'm made in the image of God, anything that's in the job description that God says a Christian is supposed to be, and I see that that's not in my life, or there's something contrary to that is in my life, active and operating, then guess what? I got to know that I've got to come again. That's not my personality. I don't own, I'm not owning any personality that's not in line with the job description that God said is supposed to be in me as a Christian. Oh, I just thought that was just me. Uh-uh, that's not you. Let's look at the scripture real quick. Um, James chapter 1, and I wrote down, uh, look at it in the Message Bible. Uh, oh, Lord, I was getting ready to put First James. That's funny. James chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse number 22. As always, for the newcomers on the call, uh, I'm punching this in in uh, BibleGateway.com. And when I punch it into uh, Bible Gateway, it's going to bring up five different translations. And I always have open, uh, I don't think I've ever shared this. No, yeah, I, I probably did. Uh, King James. The Message Bible, the Amplified Bible, uh, Living Bible, and the Good News. And primarily because it has a vast difference between, in particularly, King James all the way to the Good News. You've got a good uh, Amplified version, always gives you a good breakdown and a good, um, almost like a, a, a minor word study within the Bible reading itself. The Message Bible is a very creative uh, way of reading it, and the Living Bible is, again, an easy read, somewhat like the new, the Good News translation. It's another easy read put into um, common terms 
that people can really relate to. All right? Looking at James chapter 1, looking at verse number 22, watch this. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you are lis- uh, that you are a listener when you when when you are anything but it says don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but letting the word go in one ear and out the other don't think that you're a listener when you're really not. You ain't anything but a listener. This is what the Message Bible translates that, James chapter 1, verse number 22. And again, it gets it starts to deal with the process of you lying to yourself, saying that, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm hearing that. That's very powerful. You can't, it, it, if it's not sinking into you, if it's not transforming your life, you got to get upset with this thing. Uh-uh. This, I'm not right yet. And you got to stay in that mindset until you get your blessing. So no one will know. This is how some folks want to do it. They want to operate in a position where they are not confessing, and we're going to deal with that, uh, um, to anyone. They want to deal with it themselves. They want to do it yourself and then act as if they want to deal with this thing in a hidden way in their own life. So one of the worst things that you can ever have is hidden sin between you, your flesh, and Satan. And I always separate your flesh and you because your flesh has a personality of its own that does not. I don't want to take ownership of of my flesh. I want my flesh to die. That's why the Bible says kill the flesh, mortify the deeds of the flesh. So the flesh and the spirit... These two are warring against each other, and then I'm making the decision who I'm going to yield to, my flesh or my spirit. When you die, your flesh is going to die, and it cannot inhabit the kingdom of God. So here on earth, I'm not owning this flesh. I'm operating now in my eternity, which is my spirit man, which is going to go on to be with the Lord forever. So I'm not dealing with this flesh thing as far as taking ownership. The Bible says in James chapter 5, verse number 16, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may, that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. Now, you've got to look at this. It is a blessing. And see, again, we hear it. When is the last time you took one of your sins to your brother or sister in Christ, an elder a pastor, minister, who you could confide in, confess what your fault was, and then had that person to pray with you. When is the last time you just, just you know, take a little inventory real quick, a little survey. Everybody's doing surveys. Lord have mercy. You can't get on the phone without somebody saying, afterwards, do you mind taking a survey? It, you, you, you go anywhere, and they want your email address because they're going to send you a survey. Well, let's take this survey real quick. When is the last time? that you remember going to someone, confessing your fault, and then allowing them to pray. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. What do you mean the effectual? The powerful. This is a, the prayer has got to be powerful. Listen, be mighty in. It's from energy. When he say effectual, to be active and strong, fervent. This is ardent. Hold on. You know what? I never did look that up. Let me look this up real quick on the fly. 
Give me two seconds. Thank God for the Internet. Let's see what this says. I meant to look it up. Enthusiastic and passionate. There you go. Ardent. This was in the definition for fervent. Enthusiastic. And this is what the Bible says, the effectual fervent. When it says fervent, ardent. Ardent, that is enthusiastic and passionate. Earnest, full of zeal, burning, hot, glowing, boiling, burning. You see this? This is what it says, the effectual fervent prayer. And that's why you get the folks when they start to pray, you, you get some folks, they'll pray. They say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Then you'll get some folks when they pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm believing you. Because, again, when they're sincere, again, not just raising your voice, not just speaking very fast just for the sake of, of, of thrilling people and causing them to be excited. It's, it's to the point of that inside of me, it's the energy of I want my team, it's the I want my team to win kind of energy. So I'm not just sitting saying, come on, y'all, come on, y'all can do it. Come on, y'all, come on, defense, defense, defense. Man, we need the defense. Where your heart is into this thing, and again, you begin to shout, you begin to let the energy, it says zeal. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. So, yes, you're righteous, but you're letting your everything, all of your energy, all your emotions, all your mind get into your prayer. And the Bible says it avails much. James chapter 5, verse number 16. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Watch this. It says a few cases uh, that he came, have come to light where a strong, deceiving spirit controls a person to the point he cannot see anything wrong in himself. There it is again. James chapter 1, verse number 22. I'm going to read that same verse, but this time I'm going to read it in the Amplified. But prove yourself, doers of the word, actively and continually obeying God's precepts, and not merely listeners, not merely listeners who hear the word, but fail to internalize, I love it, internalize its meaning, diluting yourself by unsound reasoning contrary to the truth. See, that's when you really need, uh, I'm going to ask again, here's another survey question. Who's your accountability person? Who's your accountability person? Who is somebody that you really trust their judgment and you can talk to them and you don't give them a bunch of back talk when they tell you, hey, you know what, bruh, you're wrong with that one, man. And you're not beating them up. You're not trying to justify your wrongdoing when he identifies. Who is your accountability person? See, you've got to have those folks in your life. You've got to have a person that's uh, mentoring you. When Moses uh, died, Joshua came along. Moses was mentoring Joshua. You've got to have somebody that's your peer. Watch it. You've got three people that's, that's in your life. You should have these three people in your life, and they should be there at all times. Somebody that's mentoring you, somebody that you're mentoring, and then you have a peer, a person that's on your level 
that you can talk to, but you respect their opinion as well. So you're helping somebody along. You got two people, one with you right alongside you that's on your level. Then you got somebody above you that's speaking into your life. See, a lot of times people don't have anybody that's speaking into their life, nobody that can correct them, nobody that can help them, nobody that can really push them along the way. So guess what happens? They stay stagnant, and then they stay stagnant for a long time, and they find themselves on this road. But you don't have those people. Thank you, Holy Ghost. You don't have those people in your life. And you need those people. What, who, uh, who, who are they again, Pastor? You got one person that's older, and they're speaking into your life. They're mentoring you. You got another person that's on your level that you still trust their opinion in your life. Somebody that's on your level that can see things the way you see it, usually around your same age. Could be a little older, could be a little younger, but guess what? They're around, they have your same type of of, of viewpoints because of the age that, that you are. Then you got this younger person. It could be an older person, but, but they're not as far along in Christianity the way you are, so they don't, so you're actually mentoring them. Even though they're a little older, you're mentoring them. These these are active folks in your life. We should always, as Christians, be bringing somebody else along, and then someone else is helping us to come along. Let me keep it moving. Here we go. It says, uh, this person could not see anything wrong in themselves, in such cases, the person is unable to receive true discernment about himself. You really can't determine the right and wrong, the biblical standpoint. Why? Because you are not admitting it to yourself. Now, he's dealing with this woman down here, and this particular practice that she uses is, is one of the practices that I use. But I like the way he broke this thing down because she needed deliverance but would not – when she came to him, now she's saying, oh, I opened the Bible and God gave me a scripture that told me that I didn't need deliverance. This opening her Bible to answer questions either to herself or to other folks, this woman, again, go to find out she has spent some time with a fortune teller. She lived with her. And with living with them, what happens? You start getting influenced by this association. It opens the door. When you start living in the house with a person who believes in, in, in some other power, and they're operating in this power of fortune-telling and things of this nature. Oh, no, it's not that I'm a prophet of God. I just have the ability to know the future. Hold on a second. If you're not, you better look up and get your definitions and stuff straight. If you're a prophet, you're a prophet of God. You should be hearing from God. If you're telling the future and God's giving it to you, that's one thing. But if you're telling the future and you don't know who you're getting it from, guess what? You may be dealing with some black magic. Can I pause a little bit? Let that biscuit soak in that, that gravy right there. If you are not a prophet of God and what you get is coming from God 
and you know it without a shadow of a doubt. It can't be, oh, well, I think God told. Listen, God, you know what? I know it loud and clear. The way he disrupted my, my, my praise and my worship, my prayer time, I knew it was God. If it ain't God, then God will have to explain it to me because everything within me 100% says that was God. If it's not God, if you're not sure, then guess what? You better check it out. Why? You could have opened the door to some black magic, didn't realize it, and you was dealing with some folk uh, that was dealing in the darkness. This is what he said he dealt with this one woman in this particular situation. She had been influenced by this association, had opened this door for spirits of divination which operate through her practice of opening the Bible for the answers. Watch this. It says, there have been times when Christians have received words from the Lord in this fashion. That's by opening the Bible, and and you've been praying about something. God allows you to open the Bible, bam, and the answer is right there. However, it goes on to say that, we should not use that as our primary way of hearing from God in that way. They said you're treading on thin ice when you start doing that as your primary way of hearing from God. Watch this. It says here, one does not need to go around thinking of demons all the time. Now, this is what they do. We wind up giving demons so much power. Why? Because the devil this, the devil that. You ever met a person like that? All they talk about the devil and the devil this and the devil that. And then the devil, that's nothing but the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil. I hear you talk more about devils than I hear you talking about God. You give the demon power when you keep talking. The devil is this. The devil chasing me. The devil is on my back. The devil set a trap for me. The devil, the devil. Listen, it's not all about the devil. It's really about, you know what, and God delivered. The devil tried it, but guess what? God delivered. God gave me a word. God gave me a way of dealing with this lady. He showed me how to use love. Listen, some folks still try to give uh, God credit for them being nasty to somebody and, and, and having to tell them about themselves. No, 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 that wasn't God. God doesn't do it that way. God, that's how the, the, the folks of old wanted Jesus to come. They thought he was coming as a warrior. They thought he was coming as a combat man. He was going to bring the sword. Uh-uh, I'm bringing love. He's coming under grace. He's coming under love. That's the way he operates. And guess what? As believers, that's the way we're supposed to operate. The Bible says, keep, the, 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 I'm sorry, on page number 70, it ain't the Bible, but it, it's going to bring up the Bible in a second. It says, keep our minds, this is what we're supposed to be doing, keeping our minds on Jesus and the things of Jesus, uh, those things that are true, honest, pure, lovely, and of good report. That's how, we, that's how we focus. That's how we bring everything in line. That's how we stay pure. That's how we stay close to God. That's how, listen, that's how we start to recognize on a daily basis the attack of the enemy. Why? Because our minds is being fed. I'm encouraging as many folks as, as, as I can. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. I went through so many chapters in Matthew today. And, again, it's things that you have read, but for some odd reason, it, it didn't sink in. The first five times that you read it, the first 15 times that you read it, it really didn't sink in. But guess what? On the 16th time, wow, that thing sunk in. Wow, I got it. Wow, I understand what God is doing 
in my life. Do I totally understand it? I understand that, again, he's working some things out in me through this process. Do I understand every detail, how he turned this particular situation into a benefit for me? No, I do not. But I do understand that somehow he worked that thing out for my good. He worked it out for my good. Hallelujah. Watch this. The object, the objective in dealing with the devil or the the objective in dealing with the devil is to remove the hindrances to our spiritual fellowship and ministry. That's his objective. He wants to steal our attention. He wants to steal our focus. He wants to steal our aim. When, 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 when you're aiming for something, he wants to steal that away. So it's just like a, a person taking a bow and arrow and shooting it towards a target. He wants to steal your aim. So what you're looking for to shoot at, and that's holiness, that's righteousness. I pray to God it is. It's holiness. It's righteousness. He wants to di- he wants to distract you. He wants to deter you. He wants to get you off that aim. He wants to get your focus. So when you're looking, you're not looking at it clearly. You're not looking at it the right way. You got listen. You being you being clouded by the things of this world. This is what happens in this self-deliverance, and that's where we are. We're in self-deliverance. It says here, he will, the only difference, watch this, the only difference is that a person delivered is his own minister. He will, by prayer, make his confession to God, number one. He wants no part, this is the confession, this is the little components. He wants no part of the devil. Number two, desires the Lord to set him free. And then number three, he's going to command several times for a specific demon to go in the name of Jesus. Let's do it again. He wants no part of the devil. That's the process of repentance. Lord, I'm sorry. I want to get rid of it. I'm expressing my humility. The demon has has, has dominated me, and some folks don't want to do don't want to do that. They don't want to go through this repentance process. It's repentance. It's renouncing, and then it's breaking those bonds in the name of Jesus. You want no part of the devil. You desire the Lord to set you free. You're giving up. You're refusing or resign by a formal declaration. That's renouncing. You're giving this thing up. I don't want no parts of the devil in the name of Jesus. I don't want no parts of sin. I desire the Lord to set me free. And then you command several times. This is what is right there in the book. Several times, specifically, Father, the spirit of anger in the name of Jesus. I bind it in the name of Jesus. I cast it out in the name of Jesus. See, again, some folks, you, you hear it. Oh, okay, that was a real good Bible study. I really enjoyed it. You know, I always like his teaching. He he teaches very well. I enjoy it. And guess what? Still bound. Enjoyed the teaching, but never application didn't come to mind. 
that there is some demons within every every person. They are they are attacking. They may not have the, the, the greater influence as they do in others, but guess what? They are attacking. You gotta know these process and then you gotta not only know the process, but you've got to apply the process. Expel it. Now watch. Again, this is something that's powerful when God gives you that confirmation. Many times when I have been praying prior to reading this book, out with negativity, out with any demonic presence, out with any sin, when I breathe out, whoo. And this is what he's saying. When you do this, breathe out. You're putting it out. Some folks will literally go and open the door, demon in the name of Jesus, get out of my house. I'm putting a cross in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit over my door seal that you cannot enter in. Well, that sounds spooky. Yeah, that's why he said take the blood, put it on the top of the door, and put it on both sides so when the death angel comes, he will, not, he will see it and pass by that house. But you have not walked around your own house and with your own anointing oil that you prayed over or that you got from your, your pastor or you got from your priest or you got from your, your, your man or woman of God and you put that in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and you cross that seal so every demon when he comes to my house can't come in. I anoint, I, boy, I anoint everything in the name of Jesus. You know, people, some folk put the oil on the doorknob. They put the doorknob uh, on every windowsill, every entry point. Why? Because you believe. I keep trying to tell folks, the woman with the issue of blood, guess what? She touched the hem of his garment. Who said that you could touch it and get the blessing? She said it within herself, if I but touch the hem of his garment. So what is it? It's what you believe. I believe in the anointing oil of God. I believe in the name of Jesus Christ. I believe in that when I operate in the anointing of God and when I cast out in the name of Jesus, that it is done in Jesus' name. He says, breathe out forcefully a few times or to initiate a call. <clears throat> so what you're doing, I'm getting out a deep and as deep as possible. I'm getting this thing out of me in the name of Jesus. He says here, in my own experience, as soon as I would address the demon, I would feel a pressure in my throat, followed by Coughing. Now, that happened with me one time, when, and, and it wasn't in my throat, but actually as I was praying for someone else to be delivered, then I felt as I was casting it out a presence within myself. And at that point, I breathed out in the name of Jesus. Why? Because I believe that, guess what, that was a physical spirit that came out and tried to enter me as I was casting it out of someone else. If listen, you better read read the Bible. They enter and they leave. If they enter and leave, thank God if you're able to feel it. If you don't feel it and they've entered, guess what? The Bible is the the book is giving us a process that's happened in the Bible that it can be cast out. So when you feel that there's something different in my personality, there's something different in my psyche, my my makeup, my psychic. The way I'm thinking, there's some, when you recognize it, let me tell you something. When it don't line up with the word of God, it's got to go. Thank you, Jesus. Watch this. 
It says here, uh, as deep as possible, goes down to the bottom. It says, in my own experience, we did that. And then he says, not only would he cough, and he would bring up phlegm. Now, again, I've heard of that. I've heard of the uh, folks foaming at the mouth and things of that nature. That is the process for some folks. When you see it, you're not shocked by it. And the, and the process is when, again, you, you, you've got certain things that you can start to identify. Three of the things that I wrote down, one, when you start to see there's a prideful, there is a prideful uh, uh, mentality. It's a prideful way of thinking. When you start to identify that there's a prideful way of thinking in my personality, then you've got to know that guess what? It's a demon of pride. In the name of Jesus, I bind up every prideful demon from my life in the name of Jesus. I cast it far from me that it may not return. I cast it as far as the east is from the west in the name of Jesus. That's got to be our process when you see it. Here's another one. Not only pride, because, again, God does not like pride. Rebellion. It's your way. You, you really, really, a lot of times folks are their own God. They got other people. Not only do they have accountability person, but they've got a person that they have lifted up as God. So whatever that person says, they believe. They don't go back and try the spirit by the spirit. They don't go and check the scripture to see if what they've heard is true. This person said it, and I trust them so much. Whatever they say, that's what I do. No, I, I encourage you, please check it out in the scripture. If you hear me and I've said something wrong, please bring it to my attention. Hey, pastor, pull me aside, talk to me privately, and, and let me know, line it up. When I get in that audience again, I'm going to correct it if I see where it's wrong in the word. I'm going to share with you what's in the word. And rebellion, when it comes to rebellion, that's you trying to go your own way. You not taking God as God, but something else is God. That's rebellion. I'm going against what God has said in his word. And then the third one is going to be unforgiveness. It's, you know what? I'll never forgive him. No, you didn't say it out your mouth, but you know it in your heart. That spirit of unforgiveness has got to be bound in the name of Jesus. And you're not calling on God to do it. You're doing it. That's what he said. Whatever you bind here. And you got to know the only way I'm going to bound it is that I'm in him. I've got my salvation secure. I'm, I'm secure in him. So there's pride, there's rebellion, and then there's unforgiveness. So you want to make sure as you operate in those in that power that you're operating in a way so you can get de delivered and that the folks that you're working with can be delivered. And then always, see, this, this thing is a process. Not only do you have to repent, not only do you have to renounce, but then you've got to break it. That's within the authority of Jesus' name. That's with the anointing oil. We talked about that, of the power of his death, his resurrection, and the, uh, uh, his, the power of his, his life, his, his death, and his resurrection. Then the yoke of bondage is broken at that point. 
when you operate, and this is what I'm talking about, this fine-tuned machine, everything within you got to be lined up. So when you operate, I know, guess what? I, I really truly believe Jesus walked this earth. That's just the bottom line. Well, were you there? No, I wasn't there. It was over 2,000 years ago. I believe it. I'm believing now. Watch this. I'm not believing on what I saw. I'm believing on his name. I'm believing on this word of God. I'm believing on what has been identified in my life. Why are you going through all this, Pastor? That's just some foundational stuff. Because if you're not in that foundational state of mind, it's going to be very difficult. Matter of fact, I believe it's impossible for you to cast out demons in the power of his name and you don't have that foundational understanding that he lived, he died, he was resurrected, he's now sitting on the right hand of God the Father Almighty and giving me power and authority in this earth realm to take dominion over demon spirits. That's how you got to operate. That In all of that mindset, all at the same time, and those demons have got to respond to you. You break their hold on you right then. I'm doing this now out of a love for what God has done in my life. And let me tell you something. If you're honest, you'll be able to admit, yes, I got delivered. And, yes, I started right back. Some of the stuff that I used to do I went right back to it, right back to a video, right back to a book, right back to a conversation, right back to a TV program. Come on, somebody. Went right back to it. Yes, you was delivered, but, again, your flesh has an appetite, and you've got to have a discipline in your life. I shared it with a young man. Um, I shared uh, with him uh, from the four spiritual laws, and from the four spiritual laws, after you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior in the back, it has a process of growth, and the growth spells out G-R-O-W-T-H. Growth, G-R-O-W-T-H. This is a process that it takes you through. For the first one says, go to God in prayer daily. That's the G. Go to God in prayer daily. R, read God's word daily. Read God's word daily. Now, why? Because after you get deliverance, and the book didn't go into this, but I think it's so significant for us to, to, to know this process. Not only do you have to, what, repent, renounce, renounce Satan in your life, renounce power over your own life, give up that authority, renounce those demon spirits, then break it in the name of Jesus, in the authority of Jesus. But then you've got to go through this growth process where, again, you're going to God in prayer daily. You're reading God's word daily. The O, obey God moment by moment. Obey God moment by moment. Then W, witness for Christ. How do you do it? You do it with your lifestyle. You do it with your conversation. I met a young man the other day. I was driving, and uh, we had a conversation. And within uh, the first two minutes of our conversation, bam, he says, I'm, 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 I'm hitting a Bible study. This is early in the morning. I'm hitting a Bible study. Me and a couple of other guys, we get together in a restaurant, and we study the Word of God in the morning. How do you witness? Just by sharing. This is what, oh, Sunday we had a wonderful time in church. That's witnessing. It's planting a seed. It's opening the door for a conversation. Plant the seed. Witness for Christ by your life, watch this, 
witness for Christ by your life and words. T, trust God for every detail of your life. I'm trusting him that he's going to help me to give me that discerning spirit. So when that evil spirit tries to creep back in, guess what? He's going to give me the heads up. Hold on. He's going to sound the alarm. Here they come. They're coming back. Get into your word. Read your word daily. What does it say? Trust him. Some folk live fearfully. They got, look, this thing, this whole Christianity thing, it's a real prank. God is going to laugh at you. He, he's going to laugh at you because you're going to be believing in him and there's really no God. And the, and the God that is there, he's evil and that he just really wants you to go through turmoil and there's really no eternal life. So you're not going to. That's how some folk must think. That God is, is somehow either uh, not concerned about you. He doesn't love you. He's not he's not uh, fighting on your behalf. That you're doing this all on your own? No. This is the confidence you got to have. You got to trust him. Watch this. The last one, the H, Holy Spirit. Allow him to control and empower our daily life. Allow him to not only control your life, but to control your witness. Certain folks, let me tell you, he went to the pool of Bethesda and he healed that one man at the pool of Bethesda. Everybody didn't get healed. You got to be able to have that uh, voice, that inner voice, the Holy Spirit speaking to you. So when it's time to witness, you witness. When it ain't time to witness, you. Some of the folks, when Jesus healed them, he and this was it was in the uh, the text today in in my devotional time. When he healed them, he said, and then he charged them, don't tell nobody. What? Hold on, I just got healed, and you telling me not to tell anybody? Some some people, he said, don't tell nobody. Let me tell you something. He says, some of them don't tell them my name. Why? Because, again, folk, when, when, when you say church, sometimes when I, when I put out requests for different things, I say 329 34th Street. That's where we're going to meet at. That's where we're going to have this meeting at. I don't say church. Why? Because some folk, for some folk, church has a stigma to it. Church has a negative connotation to it because of all the foolishness that goes on in churches. So sometimes I just say 329 34th Street. That's where we're having our meeting, our men's meeting this Saturday, having a men's meeting. Matter of fact, if you're on the line and you ain't got nothing to do, even if you do have something to do and it's not a priority, Hey, meet us, 329 34th Street, Southeast D.C. I'm praying for this young man that I talked to on uh, the other day. Why? Because he was a, a white guy, and he was meeting with some other white guys, and he and I was talking about Christianity, and we were talking about how uh, the segregated time of Sunday morning where you got white churches and you got black churches. And God is not coming back for a white church or a black church or a Latino church or a His, uh, Hispanic church or a Filipino church. He's coming back for a church, and the church should represent all those nationalities. We should be reaching out to everyone. So I pray that they're able to make it on this coming Saturday where, again, this a multicultural congregation, multicultural gatherings where God shows up in the midst of people, 
not just a specific ethnicity. Thank you, Jesus. Pride, rebellion, and unforgiveness. Please watch out for those. Those three right there, uh, they're killers. Pride, rebellion, and unforgiveness. Thank you for your time. We're going to pray this thing out. I pray that God has blessed you with uh, the, the Bible study as I look over to make sure all my little notes that I read everything. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's pray. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you and praise you. We bless your name for being our God. We thank you, dear Lord, for deliverance in our lives. We speak it right now in the name of Jesus. Please bring to our remembrance everything that has caused us to be stymied in our growth, to reach a plateau of, of, of abilities and capabilities and uh, uh, spiritual power, and then not moving forward. Whatever hinders us, in the name of Jesus, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will bring it to our remembrance or that you will bring it to our mind, that we might confess it before you, that we might bind it in the name, Lord Jesus, and that we might be set free. Father, our desire is to do great exploits for you, that we might be a force to be reckoned with in the spirit. Thank you, dear Lord, for what you've already done in our life. Every evil spirit that's been assigned to us, we bind it right now in the name of Jesus. Every prideful spirit, every rebellious spirit, every unforgiving spirit, we bind it in the name of Jesus. Every spirit that's contrary to your spirit, we bind it right now in the name of Jesus. We cast it far from us, and then we walk in the liberty in which you have given us, O oh God, in the spirit. We thank you, dear Lord, for deliverance. We thank you, dear Lord, for the ability to celebrate you and to do it with a clean heart, with a pure heart. In the name of Jesus, we bless your name, O oh God. In our deliverance, now we pray for each and every person on this call. We bind up every evil spirit that's been assigned to them and to their families. God, we do warfare on their behalf that they might truly experience your deliverance and that we might walk in the power in which you have given us. Thank you, dear Lord, for deliverance in the name of Jesus. Have your way in our lives. Do what you want to do in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you, saints of God. I can't wait till next week. We're going to move on to our next topic, intercessory prayer and warfare. You know I love it. Uh, that's where we stay in the warfare mindset. Why? Because there's always something to fight on behalf when it comes to light and darkness. Love you guys. Talk to you next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.